Holy Father, it seems the most appropriate prayer to pray right now. is a prayer of confession at the foot of the cross. If our Lord and Savior Jesus could hold his tongue and say not a word, oh Father, forgive us, forgive me for all the words this tongue has multiplied. that have been contrary to the very spirit of Christ. We bow in repentance before you with the assurance that even here, this would be the one place forgiveness is full and free and we receive it. As we linger at the foot of this cross, linger with us, open our minds, to what you would teach us this day. In Christ Jesus' name we pray. Amen. It is a sad day when the mind can no longer remember. My father died of an Alzheimer's-like dementia. This man that I had revered and admired, worshipped the ground he stood on and loved so dearly. Not a single memory left of our time together as father and son. I'll never forget that day, pushing him in his wheelchair out to an enclosed garden in the nursing home. As it turns out, it was our, our last time together. We each had a cardboard cup of ice cream that we ate in silence. No conversation. The drone of a plane high overhead and Dad instinctively looked up. Because you see, he was not only a minister, he was a pilot. It was the father-son part he couldn't remember. It is a sad day when the mind can no longer remember. But it is an even sadder day when the mind that has the capacity to still remember forgets. And it was to avoid that greater tragedy that the book of Deuteronomy, once upon a time, was written. 120 years old, not not a cell of misty dementia In his bright mind, that white-haired, bushy, bearded leader for the last time stands before these grown-up children that he has raised like a nurse. This will be his last day with them. He will die alone on that purple mountain in the distance. And then these children, who are the children of slaves will cross over to the promised land. Open the book of Deuteronomy with me and I wish you would count them for yourself. In fact, I want you to jot these numbers down, will you? Take out the study guide that's in your worship bulletin today. Would you write it down, please? 
count them. In the book of Deuteronomy, the word remember appears 14 times in this farewell address. 14 times. Keep your pen moving. The word forget, as in forget not, also appears 14 times in Moses' last will and testament to Israel. In fact, in one, one passionate appeal, Moses is so caught up in the hopes that they would remember that he puts, he puts the two words back to back. Look at this. We'll put it on the screen for you. Deuteronomy chapter 9, verse 7. Remember, he says. And then he says, in case you don't remember what remember means, do not forget. Do not forget how you provoked the Lord your God to wrath in the wilderness. Remember. Remember. In another pleading, he actually repeats the Hebrew word forget. You miss it in the English totally. So we'll, we'll, we'll make the English read like the Hebrew. Uh, Deuteronomy chapter 8. Let's put that on the screen, please. Deuteronomy chapter 8. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 19. Then it shall be, God speaking through Moses, if you by any means forget, forget. That's not a typo. In the Hebrew, the word forget is placed twice. To make certain that the reader one day will understand that if he forgot to catch the first one, he will not forget to get the second forget. Forget, forget. And it shall be if you by any means forget, forget the Lord your God and follow other gods and serve them and worship them. I testify to you, I testify against you this day that you shall surely perish. You, it is, it is nearly palpable the guttural passion that spews out of this aged leader who is saying goodbye to his children. He's been a nursemaid. These kids are gone from him. It spews out of him. Don't you ever forget, forget. Forget, forget. The theme of the book, jot this down, incontrovertibly, the theme of the book is to remember. Remember, remember. Because it is is a sad day when the mind no longer remembers. So what shall we remember, Moses? Three unique references where the phrase, lest we forget, only three times you'll find it in the book of Deuteronomy. And when we examine these three, we know what it is he would have us remember. Jot it down, please. Remember, number one, remember the story. Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 9. Let's put that on the screen. Deuteronomy 4, verse 9. Only take heed to yourself and diligently keep yourself, lest you forget. There's the first of these, this unique phrase. Lest you forget the things your eyes have seen, unless they depart from your heart all the days of your life. And teach them to your children and your grandchildren. The whole tribe. Make sure they remember. Remember number two. What should we remember number two? Remember the covenant. Jot it down. Remember the covenant. Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 23. Take heed to yourselves, lest you forget the covenant. There's that unique phrase. Lest you forget the covenant of the Lord your God, which he made with you. Three times this unique phrase appears. In chapter 6, verse 12. Notice this. Remember the deliverer. Number three. Deuteronomy 6, verse 12, put it on the screen. Then beware, lest you forget the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. The Hebrew literally reads, from the house of slaves. I.e., Moses cries out, I want to tell you something. All of you, you all were slaves. All of you. Hey, time out, Moses, time out. What are you talking about? I wasn't even bored. Wasn't even around when that mighty supernatural deliverance took place. I've been born here on the hot sands. I'm amazed as I read the book of Deuteronomy, how freely God through Moses actually reads into the story. These who 40 years later are now alive. He reads them into that spectacular, dreadful midnight of deliverance. Reads them right in. When I was a kid growing up in Japan... We lived next door to the Vendens. 
used to teach here at Andrews University. And they brought from America a children's book series called the We Were There series. Ingenious device, great moments in history written up in story form, written through the eyes of a couple, three kids. And as the youthful reader reads it, it, it is as if you are there yourself. Deuteronomy is the great We Were There book of Holy Scripture. We were there. Because that, that's God's point. Even if you weren't there, you were there. Even if you weren't there, you were there. You see, that's the way it is with a movement. When you belong to a movement, as you and I do, what happens at the beginning is still your story. It's all yours with a movement. That's the way it works. And so that they would never forget the story, the covenant, and the, and the deliverer. So we would never forget, even as he did with them. God gives to the children of Israel a divine ritual. Every time you share this ritual, you will remember the story, the covenant, and the deliverer. I want you to look this up. Not on the screen now. It'll be there. But look it in your Bible, please. Deuteronomy chapter 16. Deuteronomy 16. It would be, if you grab the pew Bible in front of you, page 134. Deuteronomy chapter 16. Pardon me. Deuteronomy 16. Pick it up in verse 1. Deuteronomy 16, verse 1. Observe the month of Abib. That's also known as the month of Nisan. It's the first month of the liturgical year because the deliverance from Egypt marked the beginning of the Israelite calendar. Observe the month of Abib and keep the Passover to the Lord your God. For in the month of Abib, the Lord your God. He's talking to kids who were never there. The Lord your God brought you. You. You were there. He brought you out. Of Egypt by night, verse 2, therefore you shall sacrifice the Passover to the Lord your God from the flock, that would be a lamb, or from the herd, that would be a kid, in the place where the Lord chooses to put his name. Finally, verse 3, and you shall eat no leavened bread with it. Seven days you shall eat unleavened bread with it. You know why? Because leaven has forever been a symbol on this fallen planet of fermentation. And fermentation is always the symbol of sin. No leaven. I want no fermented drink. I want no fermented food. Not for this moment. No leaven. You leave the leaven leaven out. Seven days. Keep going now. Seven days you shall eat unleavened bread with it. That is the bread of affliction for you. Yep, you were there. For you came out of the land of Egypt in haste. And that's why they couldn't put the leaven in. We don't have time to wait for for the bakery to rise. Gotta go. No leaven. For you came out of the land of Egypt in haste that you may remember the day in which you came out of the land of Egypt all the days of your life. Write it down. That you may remember you were there. Blood on the doorposts. I tell you what, if I had been a firstborn back then like I am a firstborn today, trust me, I would have made triple certain. I would have made quadruple certain. I would have made quintuple certain. Certain. That my daddy followed the injunction of Moses because Moses, the word is out, he was earnestly urgent when he declared that when the death angel at midnight flies over Egypt, only the houses that have blood on the doorpost and the lintel, only those firstborn will be spared. I would have watched my dad and I'd have gone back in, but I tell you what, all through the evening, I'm sure I would have slipped out to put my finger on that coagulating blood just to make sure, is, is the blood still here? Did Daddy do? Am I under that blood? For I I received 
For I receive from the Lord that which I also deliver to you. That the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Lest we forget the story, the covenant, and the deliverer. Do this. Do this. In remembrance of me, like the ancient Passover, the Lord's Supper was instituted by almighty God himself to make certain that we would remember and not forget. I want to close now by sharing with you seven divine and supernatural blessings that will accrue to you. When you and I remember the cross as we have gathered today to do seven blessings, they're yours for the asking. By being here today, these blessings will be yours. Jot it down. Blessing number one. The collective memory of deliverance is what keeps a movement alive and advancing. A movement. So like God said there in Deuteronomy chapter 7. Of all people on this planet, I have chosen you. You are mine. That's why I took you out of Egypt. And Revelation, Revelation chapter 12 declares... They overcame him. Speaking of the movement at the end of time, they overcame the dragon by the blood of the lamb. When you go to the cross, the movement's collective memory is reignited. Number two, personal memory. Personal memory of deliverance is what keeps the sense of being chosen fresh. The sense of being chosen. Write that down. You were chosen. The two twins, these little babies, they were chosen. They have a unique destiny. Every child alive today has that divine destiny. You and I have been chosen. And I remind you, Ephesians chapter 1, you see that verse there? You look the verses up another time. Ephesians chapter 1, it declares that from the foundation of the world, God chose us in the beloved. And with his blood, he purchased us. You have been purchased by Calvary. You have a chosen destiny. And today, when you handle the symbols of the cross, your chosenness will be reaffirmed to you. Just you watch. Number three, jot it down. Remembering the cross is the vital requisite to experiencing release from guilt through the daily assurance of forgiveness. Some of you have guilt that goes back to this morning. Some of you have guilt that goes back to last night. Some of you think, you know, I don't think I have guilt. I think I got to go all the way back to Wednesday. And my friend, you have Alzheimer's. We are all guilty. We're so quick to pass it as not me. No, you. For our motivation itself is suspect. I do the right things for the wrong reason. We're all guilty. But when you come to the cross and remember, you're assuaged that guilt. It's washed away. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. All right. Number four, not forgetting Calvary, is to remember the divine source of our salvation. Didn't come from me. Didn't come from the church. Didn't come from the Bible. Salvation comes from one source. And it rekindles our gratitude for our Savior. All the rest of the verses you can look up, but I need you to see this. This is dynamite. This is from the today's New International Version. And I love the rendition now of this familiar 
passage, verse 23, Romans 3, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Every translation reads that way, but the TNIV now goes to verse 24. For all have All right, I'm, I'm going to go back up to the top because something got missed there. Let's go back to verse 23, please. That doesn't look like 23 to me. All right, let's go back to 23. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Now notice the next, next line. And we got a meltdown up there. Let me just tell you what the verse 24 is. And all have been justified freely by the redemption of Christ Jesus. Here's the point. All have sinned. But the good news is 2,000 years ago at the cross, the entire human race was declared acquitted. If you've done something in your life you wish you hadn't done, you're living with the thought that maybe my life cannot be recovered now. Oh no, my friend, before you were ever born on Calvary, the blood of Christ achieved your acquittal and pardon was issued. Universal pardon was issued to the human race. You remember, I remember when I come to the cross. Oh, number five, keeping the memory of the cross fresh is vital to intelligent worship. Write it down. Worship of our mighty God, who is both our creator and redeemer. When the hosts of heaven gather, do you know what they sing to him who sits on the throne and to the lamb? Be glory, honor, majesty, dominion and power forever and ever. Amen. Oh, he's not just our creator. He's our redeemer. Number six, recalling the cross is a... Perpetual reminder of the supernatural divine power. Write that in. Power available to all who live in victory, free of sin's bondage. Some of us have said to ourselves, I will never get over this. I am stuck with this for the rest of my life. My friend, you are not stuck with it. Hallelujah. Jude 24. Now unto him who is able to keep us from falling and to present us faultless. When you come to the cross, you reaccess that power. And finally, number seven, remembering the cross brings to our own heart that same self-sacrificing love of Jesus toward the unlovely and the unrighteous so that we too can pray the prayer Father forgive him he didn't know what he was doing some of us need to pray that prayer we can pray the prayer Father forgive her she did not know what she was doing we can pray the prayer Father forgive them because sometimes collectively a group decision needs to be repented of and you know what you can't wait for them to repent of that decision you just go ahead and forgive them anyway forgive them for they didn't know what they were doing. You've got to release it just as Jesus did. Freely, you've received his forgiveness. Let it go. Let it go. And I'm going to add a number eight. Because late last night and early this morning in prayer, I said, look, there are 21 others, I'm sure. But number eight, we cannot leave out. And so you don't have it in your study guide. But we scrambled this morning. It's going to be on the screen. Number eight. Remembering the cross ignites in us God's most pervasive passion to save the lost. When you come here as you are today, something will awaken in you. God will give you his heart for a lost, for a lost loved one, a lost neighbor, a lost friend. That's what Calvary does. God's point, Moses' point, the Bible's point, never forget it. The point is remember, lest we forget. I want to close with a study that was just released this last week. It caught my eye, given that my father died of the disease he did. The headline would catch my eye. Achievers less prone to Alzheimer's. All right. Listen to this. Dateline Chicago. Just this last week. 
A surprising study of elderly people suggests that those who see themselves as self-disciplined, organized achievers have a lower risk for developing Alzheimer's disease than people who are less conscientious. We'll come back to that word. A purposeful personality. You know, have intent. Go through my day with a little list. A purposeful personality may somehow protect the brain, perhaps by increasing neural connections that can act as a, res- a reserve against mental decline, says study co-author Robert Wilson of Chicago's Rush University Medical Center. Astoundingly. Now, listen to this. This is fascinating. The brains of some of the dutiful people, these conscientious kinds of people, the brains of some of them in the study were examined after their deaths and were found to have lesions that would meet accepted criteria for Alzheimer's, even though these people had shown no signs of dementia. Their brain has already begun to atrophy, but because of, the, of, of, it, of its strength, the mind is not yielding to what's happening physiologically inside. They're finding some who are conscientious, have a wall against Alzheimer's. They studied 997 individuals in this survey. Let me, let me end with this. Those with the highest scores for a personality trait called conscientiousness at the start of the study had an 89% lower risk of developing Alzheimer's compared to people with the lowest scores for that personality trait. So I pulled my dictionary out. I said, Beth, I don't want to have what Dad had. What is this conscientiousness? And here's the definition. Conscientiousness, scrupulous, careful, thorough, remembering the details. Research this week that indicates that the very act of remembering can secure the mind. And according to God, the very act of remembering can also secure the heart. Do this. Do this. Don't go away. Don't leave the table. You must remember now. Do this in remembrance of me. And I'll secure your heart and your mind forever and ever. Amen. Let us pray. Oh, Father. Forever and ever. You can secure heart and mind. And so we've come today. We cannot forget. We whose capacity is still able to recall, we must remember. And as we take now the three symbols Christ Jesus has given to us, may the very handling of these symbols burn it deep into our consciousness of the infinite sacrifice that has secured for us eternity. Let us all remember today, dear God, in Jesus' name, amen.